we are doing this series called Hidden News. And my favorite thing about going to the dentist when I was younger was that Highlights magazine. Y'all remember the Highlights magazine? And then you went, you, I always flipped it really quickly to the hidden pictures page. And, and, you know, you see in a hidden picture, in case you don't remember this hidden pictures page, you see things that are super obvious. You see a couch right away, a lamp, a window, and then you look in the couch and you realize there's a baseball bat that's like part of the leg. And if you kind of really dig deep, you realize there is so much more to the scene than just that initial picture. I want you to look at this scene from Sherlock Holmes, and there's Watson walking into the next room, and it just looks like a room. But then suddenly, you will see that there is something hidden in plain sight. And there is Sherlock Holmes. I think this is how sometimes we are with the scriptures of Advent, because we're so used to them. You know, we're used to, the, to talking about joy, hope, peace, love. We're used to talking about angels and about shepherds. And we love all of those images and these scenes have popped out to us. But what we're going to do this Advent is we're going to look at these five words that seem to be hidden within the text. The angel Gabriel came and said, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. And my prayer is that over Advent, these hidden words might bring us good news of great joy. So here's the scripture. Before I tell you about the scripture, I want to tell you that beginning today, all the way through Easter Sunday, our congregation is going to be reading through the Gospel of Luke. And so we're doing Luke's texts for Advent the whole time. And then in January, you'll be getting a reading plan to follow along all the way through Easter. And so our goal for us is that all of us would read through this one gospel together. So today we start with chapter 1, and this is the story of Zechariah. Hear now the word of our Lord. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him, that's Zechariah, an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, the angel, he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Throughout scripture, especially throughout the New Testament, people are filled with all sorts of things. When Jesus performs miracles, the scripture will read something like, and people were filled with awe. When Jesus goes to his hometown and he stands up before everybody and he opens up the scroll, the prophet Isaiah, and he reads from it and then sits down, we're told that the crowd was filled with rage and they tried to throw him off a cliff. We are told that when people see Jesus heal the paralyzed man, 
they're filled with fear. How could this be? All throughout the New Testament, we see people being filled with folly, madness, confusion, envy, worry. I wonder what has been filling us lately. What is brimming up out of us? In our text today, Zechariah is told that he and Elizabeth are going to have a son in their old age, and that this son will be named John, and that this son will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Filled with the Spirit. For Zechariah to hear this, he would have been quite puzzled because he was a good, he was kind of upper tier echelon Jewish man. He could have counted maybe on one, maybe two hands, the number of people in his Bible, which was the Hebrew Bible, that even had the spirit rest on them. Up until this point, people didn't get filled with the spirit. No, the spirit of God, in the beginning, remember the spirit of God, it hovered over the face of the earth and then God breathed spirit into humanity. Sometimes the spirit of God would rest on certain individuals who had been set apart like king. And with that spirit resting on them, they had the power to literally stop or start wars. Then there were people that when the spirit fell on them, they were the great prophets. You see, there wasn't that many people so first of all, the angel tells Zechariah, you and your wife in your very old age who haven't been able to conceive are going to have a child. And second of all, that child, even before that child is born, is going to be filled with the Spirit. Zechariah would have been very troubled. He would have been confused. The Spirit is a little bit confusing. Especially for Presbyterians, I think. The spirit often doesn't make logical or spiritual sense. So what we do, and what I tend to do, is we tend to focus on the things about God that were easier to kind of wrap our minds around. And so we focus on Jesus. We tell young people to think about Jesus in their heart, and they picture a miniature Jesus in their heart. We focus on what we know. And so I think for many Christians, and for myself included, the idea of being filled with the Spirit, it remains hidden news. It's a mystery to consider what it means, though, to be filled with the Spirit. There are places in Scripture where being filled with the Spirit does things like it all gives them power. They begin to speak in different tongues. We see this in, in Acts of the Apostles. And other places, when the Spirit falls on the disciples and apostles, they are able to go and heal people and cast out demons in the name of Jesus. But then John, Jesus talks about in John, he talks about what the Spirit does is comfort us. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. So what, what does it even mean to be filled with the Spirit? Well, for Zechariah, let's look again at what happens. The scripture says, he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. Joy, delight, 
rejoice. For this text, to be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with joy and delight. The word that's used here for delight, my friends, is used very rarely in the New Testament. And it's something that's more than just the joy. That's why Luke pairs it with joy and delight. And here, this, this word for delight, it, it means exceedingly joyful, abundantly joyful. And when it's used, it's used when you're not supposed to be abundantly joyful. In other words, joy that surprises you. Have you ever been in the midst of just such a difficult situation or a frustrating situation? You've received difficult news. You have a difficult diagnosis. You have a difficult family member. And then for some reason, though, you are held. You are mysteriously filled with something that, that you, it's not explainable. It's mysterious. That is being filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, to be filled with the Spirit, it means that the Spirit is present in all the aspects of our life, even in the difficult aspects. We can't compartmentalize out the Spirit of God. So I love Sundays. Sundays are my favorite day of the week. I'm an extrovert. I like to see everybody. I like to be with people. I get energy being around others. I, I truly have, even though I'm helping to lead in worship, I am able to kind of forget whatever's happening and, and unplug. I mean, you saw Stacy get caught up. She's able to do it too. Like kind of just, and, and, I, and I do that through the, the hearing of the liturgy. I, 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 hearing the faith sharing, the music. I love Sundays. And I feel so full of the Spirit when I leave here. I'm filled, and, and I can see it in your faces, too. You are filled also with the Spirit when you leave, most of you. <laughs> and then I get home, and I'm going to try to fit things into that Spirit. I'm going to fit things in. So let's just go with a big thing, like family. It's going to get fit in. And then friends, and, and then I'm going to fit in some of like maybe the more minor things like exercise and cooking and helping those that are homeless. You know, you add things in, but then you forget like it's Monday. And so then there's this kind of thing I have to do. It's like, oh, I have to go back to the office. So that goes in there. And, and then also I have a, I don't, we don't have any family that lives here. They all live far away. So that has to fit in. And then I haven't even gotten to Monday at 10 a.m. And then you can imagine, I mean, it just... It doesn't really fit. We'll clean them up before the folks come down to take up the offering. Don't worry. It doesn't really fit. And so I often feel like I'm just bubbling over with stuff and to-do lists. In our text, y'all, it says that, you, that John was filled with the Spirit even before he had done anything. He, he hadn't had any disappointments. He hadn't showed us how good he was. He was already filled with the Spirit. And so I get this sense of like of John being the one that prioritized things and said, you know what, I'm going to put all this stuff in, all the things in my life. Look, I can even take some from that overflowing. 
pour them in here. And then look what happens when I say all the aspects of my life. I don't make the spirit fit in. I let the spirit fill. There's still room. There's still more room for the spirit to continue to fill. What would it be like, friends, if all, in all of our lives that we were to let the spirit fill all the aspects? Not just to compartmentalize them, not just the ones that are convenient, but then also to realize in those difficult ones that when we experience that surprising joy, when something happens and you're like, oh, that shouldn't, I shouldn't be feeling that because I'm grieving, that is being filled by the spirit. So what fills you these days. Oh, that we would let the joy, the delight, and the presence of the Spirit fill every relationship, every expectation, every responsibility, every role we play. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.